0: Today we are getting into part two of our ideal perfect seven round Chargers mock draft trying to fill in the cracks with some sleepers and trying to find some players who can have a role for the Chargers. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the On Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcasts. David, what are we getting into today?
1: after filling our top three needs with our first three picks it's all about finding the depth now we know that the difference between winning teams is that quality depth so we are looking for some players that we can add to some positions of need for the chargers some running backs some defensive tackles some help on the offensive line we're trying to bolster that depth for the chargers with this second part of this mock draft
0: At a certain point, you're looking for players who can fill roles. Guys you can get late on day three, right, that can turn into something. And someone you would kind of envision a path for to playing time on the Chargers defense, whether it's special teams, whether that's returning ability, whether that's just filling in depth at spots where you really need it in the trenches, corner, running back, all of those things I think make sense. But let's start with the fourth round pick for the Chargers. Each of us got a tight end, a running back, and a wide receiver in part one of the mock I ended up going with Nolan Smith in the first round, got Jonathan Mingo, my guy, in the second round. You ended up flip-flopping that in the first round. You ended up going with Zay Flowers and then came back to get Isaiah Foskey, and we each got a tight end in the third round. So now we're looking at some other positions. Where did you go with your fourth-round pick to start this one, David, at pick 125 for the Chargers?
1: Yep, at pick 125 here, I was looking for some help on the defensive side, and right now the Chargers do not have a starting safety opposite of derwin james and so that led me to bringing in a safety for the chargers here at this pick that's going to be Sidney brown the safety out of illinois i understand he's a little bit smaller five foot nine 211 pounds but he comes with that speed that you're looking for Four four seven forty time a really strong 9.24 RAS score so very very athletic very very physically compact this guy is in great great shape and he's a playmaker I mean first play against Michigan he lines up over the slot receiver gets really physical with him knocks him off of his route and is able to stay in his hip pocket and intercept the football the very next series he comes back on the goal line and shoots the gap and makes a run stop it just shows you right then and there I mean he's able to make the plays against the pass. He's able to make the plays against the run, and he moves all over the football field. He's not just a safety in the traditional sense. He's a guy that can play in the slot. He's a guy that can cover your receivers on the outside. He can play in the box. He can play back deep, and he did all of those things for Illinois. He has really good vision and run support. He understands what what gaps he needs to occupy, uh, and he hits it. Um, He also has really good ball skills. He doesn't quit when he gets beat. Um, He fights to break up the passes, which I love. He has a ton of experience, and I mean a ton. Five-year starter, over 3,000 career snaps in his college career, and in his final season, it was his best season. He had an 89.4 PFF coverage grade after recording six interceptions and six pass breakups with a pick six which is fantastic. You want that ball production, he brings that to the table. Also, a really strong blitzing linebacker, uh, excuse me, a really strong blitzing safety as well. So he really brings a lot of the skill sets that Brandon Staley asks for out of his defensive back, someone very versatile that can play all over over the field. It's easy to see a fit for Sidney Brown in the Chargers defense.
0: He's a very fun player to watch. I, I think he has a really exciting brand. I know uh, Talanoa Hufunga, the guy who plays for the 49ers now, someone we watched a couple years ago. Yeah, Same kind of vibe to him where, I mean, I think with a lot of players, we talked about this even with guys like Derwin James, right? You'd rather have to rein them in a little bit sure. than have to try to tell them to play harder, right? This is right. not a dude you're going to have to tell to play harder. And he's a dude that comes with, you know, you didn't mention six interceptions. In 2022, which is something that, you know, obviously you want more takeaway ability on the back end. I think he really fits kind of that nickel role for the Chargers when they need someone who can be physical and go and, you know, run things down in the open field. He has the ability to do that. Obviously, the biggest red flag here, short, you know, short arms as well. That yeah. really showed itself up in the tackling, right? I mean, he yeah. played a ton of snaps, made a ton of tackles, but also had a ton of missed tackles. Yeah. So it's kind of taking the good and the bad. You're going to, you know, get some really, really explosive plays out of him. You're going to potentially get some takeaways because of him. But at the same time, you're going to have to live with some missed tackles because maybe it's something that gets, you know, better and, and something where he can have better technique and square guys up better. But at the same time, there are some physical limitations there. He's not going to miss tackles because he doesn't have the power to do it. Packs plenty of punch when he gets there. Has a ton of big hits on his tape. But at the same time, you need someone who's going to be able to wrap up consistently and kind of be that back line of defense. If you can use him correctly, and Brandon Staley loves defensive backs, right? Not just safeties or corners. Exactly, Defensive backs. He fits that mold. And I think he'd be a heck of a special teams player as well. You know, just right off the bat coming in as a floor. Hey, does he help you, you know, give some kind of, Depth to your safety position. Does he? I think he is a natural fit to replace Alohi Gilman when Alohi Gilman leaves. I think there's some similarities in both of those guys' games. Maybe helps give you know JT Woods a little bit more time to develop because we'll see there. But a guy that I could definitely see the excitement for because he has a lot of exciting traits that he brings to the table. I ended up going with running back. We didn't end up going with a running back yesterday in the first three picks. I ended up going with someone that you ended up watching. Could see kind of why I liked him, and it was Dwayne McBride, the running back from UAB. Guy from a smaller school that could have him drop this, you know, to this level at 125 because if he did what he did at a big school, there's no way he'd be going in the fourth round. But none, even though he doesn't have the elite athleticism and top end speed, David, this dude had four separate games with a 60 plus yard carry in 2022. So he has fireworks can make big plays for sure. Dominated like you'd want to see against smaller competition, averaged 7.4 yards per carry during his career. Yeah. And I think most importantly, I think he fits well with what Kellen Moore is bringing to the table with that zone running scheme, being able to pick a hole, burst through it, and pick up some chunk yardage.
1: Yeah, I mean, when watching this guy, like, he has incredible balance. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. He never, ever goes down on first contact. I mean, it's so incredibly rare when you're watching him. He's usually dragging two or three guys. Also has a pretty mean, stiff arm. And, yeah, I wouldn't say he has, you know, crazy speed, but he's able to break the big ones because he's hard to bring down. He's just incredibly strong for his size, and that shows up immediately on tape.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest red flag for him, five career receptions, right? Luckily for the Chargers, you have some guys who are pretty good at pass catching. So, I mean, that's not something, you know, they're going to be lacking with him. But I think as far as getting a dude, you know, kind of like there is a little bit of Tony Pollard where if he sees daylight, he can turn it into a big chunk play. And I saw that a little bit from him when he does get that. And just I don't think the Chargers running backs – break a ton of tackles in the same way this dude does right Like got breaks breaks tackles in a, a different way this dude's not as quick right doesn't have the quicks right. that last has josh kelly did a better job of that last year but like this is a dude that had a 1072 yards after contact yeah. according to Dame berger and the beast right that's after he got hit he had a thousand yard season yeah <laughs> that's insane that's like a, yeah, yeah it's it's There's some inconsistent vision, right, and things like that. There's some holes out there that were left to be desired. I think, you know, he has the size to kind of be a short yardage back and showing the ability to pack a little bit of juice and break tackles in those situations. So I think he fits there well there. And I think he brings a good compliment to what the Chargers already have at running back with the potential of down the road being able to turn into potentially something more. Like has the frame that he looks like a bell cow running back type of player has the the ability to break a bunch of tackles. And I just think right now it can help you. And I think long-term, you know, it could help you as well. Knowing as a pass protector, there's a lot of room to grow. As a pass catcher, there's a lot of room to grow. But I would be excited to see what his skill set would look like and excited to give... Telling more a different type of offensive weapon here. I mean, he's just a fun guy to watch. Average 4.6 yards after contact last year on his way to those 1,070 yards. And I thought just athletically didn't look out of place when UAB ended up playing Georgia. right? And that was Mm. one of the games I wanted to watch just to see kind of Of what it looked like. I mean, the offensive line was overwhelmed on every single snap, of right? Course. But like, Yeah. He, he still kind of made the most out of his opportunities and, and had a couple of plays where it's like, yeah, I mean, that does not look out of place against a bunch of guys who are going to be in the NFL.
1: Well, that's where you want to get the best evaluation too, right? I mean, if you're watching a small school guy, you want to see what they're going to do against those NFL talent factories like a yeah. Georgia, like in Alabama. You want to see what they do. And, I mean, you don't want to really pay attention to the score because obviously talent... Talent-wise, those organizations <laughs> yeah. are not even close to he each didn't other. not win enough games, But you yeah. want to see the movement. You want to see what they're able to do, what they're able to create, uh, especially from the running back perspective, and he definitely held his own in that situation.
0: Yeah, Matt Miller, ESPN expert, had him going 123rd in his final seven-round mock draft, so I don't think it's crazy to think he could make it to 125. Nah. And if he does, I, I would like the vet, hey, you know, three running backs in the fourth round in four seasons. Maybe this is the one... That breaks the mold. But I think you would go well, you know, hey, if it's him, even Isaiah Spill or Josh Kelly going forward after this season, right? And Josh Kelly, we'll see, you know, if they want to bring him back after this year. But I like the combination of those two dudes going forward, potentially, you know, developing into a nice little tandem too. So that's I, I think some explosiveness, right, for you. I mean, really for both of our picks, finding some explosiveness in the fourth round. Chargers have hit on some, you know, fourth round picks, like Drew Tranquil, like Kazir White. We've seen them, you know, have success in that round. We'll see if they end up going with guys like this or trying to fill those needs here. But we had many more needs to fill and the fifth round is another place where the Chargers have found some players that have stuck and have been able to make major contributions for them. So we're going to get into that and why I finally found a corner and David found a linebacker he likes in the fifth round. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is FanDuel. Grand Slams, no-hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to fanduel.com slash lockdown to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Winning, even when you're not winning. And right now, guys, it makes baseball a lot more fun to watch, especially pitch clock, everything's a lot faster. It's a a real joy to watch baseball these days, and even if you don't want to watch baseball... The NFL Draft is here, and you can place your bets on the NFL Draft with FanDuel. You can go with who's going to pick first overall, how many quarterbacks or running backs are going to be taken in the first round, and even bets on specific players like where guys like Zay Flowers, Bijan Robinson, and Nolan Smith are going to go. So don't miss out on your chance for that no-sweat first bet, guys. Right now, up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, let's get into the fifth round picks here. And the Chargers, again, have found other guys that have been able to come in and be contributors in the fifth round, but it gets a lot harder later. And Tom Telesco specifically has to do a better job of finding guys who can turn into something at some point coming from those picks and being able to make contributions. Like we talked about before, Kansas City Chiefs, the cream of the crop in the NFL right now, had something like 12 out of the last 15 players from the last two drafts played like 300 saps for them last year. So... This is where you're trying to find guys who can play some sort of role for you. And I ended up going with a cornerback, and it was Caillou Blue Kelly, who Matt Miller also had going 154th. We're talking about the 155th pick right now, so it should be around the range where you could go. And what I was looking for, David, is cornerback help because even though the Chargers have guys, J.C. Jackson, Sante Samuel Jr., Michael Davis, just here Taylor came on a little bit at the end of last year. It still feels like there's a lot of uncertainty at that position with Michael Davis going into a contract year. Right. And also with J.C. Jackson trying to recover from a patellar tendon injury, which has looked great so far. Looks like he's putting in the work. Yeah. Still hard to know what you can kind of, you know, rely on him for in 2023 specifically. Of course. So I was definitely trying hard in this, you know, these last four rounds to find a cornerback.
1: Hey, I understand it. I understand it completely. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty with that situation. You feel good about what you see coming from JC Jackson. I think the videos are encouraging. I mean, he definitely looks motivated. He looks like he's in good shape, but you just never know. I mean, they're optimistic. They hope that they're going to be able to get him back and be ready to go for training camp, which I think would be a 100% win for JC Jackson, but you just don't know how it's gonna look when he has to go back to 100% and go back to running and cutting and jumping. Sure. And trusting his body to be able to make these movements without the fear of pain. Of course, that's gonna make you play a little bit slower as well. So, and yeah, I mean, you just don't, and also are the Chargers convinced that, that they know what they have with or Taylor? I mean, is that the guy- sure. they? are just going to hand the keys to that slot position? I guess probably. we're going to have to see.
0: Yeah, probably not. So, Akai Blue Kelly from Stanford, a corner. I think what's going to make him fall this far is because, is because he ran a 4 5 240, right? Which is not yeah. what you want to see in a corner. Obviously, you want to see, you know, better speed than that. And I think the other reason is because he had better production in 2021 than he did in 2022. So, you're definitely betting here on someone that has shown top-end production. I mean... He had 13 passes defense and two interceptions in 2021. Those are really solid on-ball numbers. Was targeted less in 2022. But this is what I liked about him. Great effort as a tackle and a pretty high hit rate as a tackler. I mean, that's what I like, seeing that, you know, physicality there. He did miss a couple times. But from what I was able to see from him, good effort, right? You don't have to try to, you know, tell him to go make a tackle. You don't have to force him to do it. He does it on his own. And then I also liked this, I mean, really, really good route recognition. Kept things in front of him. He was doing really good. Was able to stay in the hip pocket because he has really, really good footwork. And also, I think specifically gives the Chargers depth at outside corner, but could potentially be someone that could be even a bigger slot corner if you need someone to match up against tight ends. The size at 6 foot, 191 pounds is definitely something that's attractive for a cornerback for sure. The Chargers don't have a ton of size, you know, I mean, with the side to same junior, Michael Davis is a bigger dude. But after that, the other guys you have are kind of small. So this is a guy who can play outside, maybe play a little bit of inside, but gives you at least someone that could potentially develop into something down the road. Who did you end up going with in the fifth round?
1: Yep. In the fifth round for me, I went with a linebacker. I went with Isaiah Moore out of NC State. Um, I, it was important for me to add a linebacker because I was just a little bit unsure of that position and the depth of that position. I'm not asking Isaiah Moore to come in and start and play meaningful snaps right away. I have a very specific role for him in mind. When you're looking at Isaiah Moore here, he's a three-time team captain. To captain so a guy that was very trusted uh, With the team also He is another guy that progressed Throughout his college career had his best season In his senior year where he had 15 tackles for loss and Three sacks uh, he plays with Violence I mean I think that's one of the things I enjoy about his game he's a Seek and sh- destroy type of linebacker In the box once he sees the Hole he can explode through it and Take a ball carrier down um, he's Able to navigate through the trash you know He's, a- he's able to scrape the line of scrimmage image and still keep his eyes on the ball carrier and not get lost in traffic which is really important when you're talking about a linebacker. He is explosive and effective as a blitzer. I mean it's definitely something where it shows up Quite a bit on tape when he's asked to do that. He can time it pretty well and he comes with violence uh, again, which, which is something uh, a, bit, a bit of a theme. Also, a very, very smart player to minimal mental mistakes. He had zero penalties in 2022. This guy is not a sideline to sideline speed linebacker. That's not what he is. Okay. He's not, shouldn't be relied upon to be a linebacker in heavy coverage responsibility situations, that's not really the best use of his game. And he did tear his ACL in 2021, but he was able to come back from that and play some pretty good football. So that's why I went with Isaiah Moore out of NC State, a guy that's going to come in right away and help you against the run. Yeah, I think
0: as far as what he brings to the table and what you know, I liked about what I saw, about him was just really assignment sound and, and yep. gap sound, right? Because that's yes. one of the things that has killed the Chargers, just guys not being in the right gap and not filling the run fits, right? We talked with Brayden yep. Fajoko about it. That's such a good conversation about why run fits are so important. Oh, yeah. This is a guy that you wouldn't have to worry about that as much with. And, hey, if you find a guy who can be a two-down linebacker for you and you're getting him in this, the fifth round, you don't, that's probably worth it with what the Chargers are kind of missing there. you know, I think Eric Hendricks is going to help with that. That has never really been Kenneth Murray's strong suit, being able to lock dudes out and then being able to shed them and go and make tackles. And I think the other thing with him is just not having that just quick instinct to go and fill the right hole. This is someone that kind of fills some of those needs, right? And also 15 tackles for loss in 2022. So the average depth of tackle where he's making these tackles, I think was really impressive. And I think if you have the right guys in front of him, you know, which is what Bran Staley's defense is supposed to do. Defensive linemen eat up blockers, linebackers, fill and go make tackles. He seems like he could fit that part of it. And coverage wise, not his strength. You know, right. torn AC on 2021, you don't like that. I think what is going to hurt him the most with the Chargers though, red flag off of the field, sexual assault allegation in 2018. No charges were filed. He was reinstated back with the team, but the Chargers have shown a propensity to just not worry about the details. If they see Just it, take them off. They the stay board away completely. from it. Yeah, yeah, another player that would be around here, Ventrell Miller, a linebacker from Florida that we know they've talked to, kind of a similar dude as far as what he brings to the table, a run stuffer, mostly smaller dude. But I think with Isaiah Moore, you're getting a you know a guy that you feel really really good about in run defense, probably a liability in coverage, and we'll see yeah. you know if those red flags are too much for the Chargers to take a chance on him. But we do have one more segment to get into, trying to find this year's. Jamari Sawyer finding value in the sixth round. I mean, even this year's just your Taylor, right? I mean, the Chargers found some contributors in the sixth round last year. I'm trying to find some help in the trenches this year, and David has someone who could potentially help with that as well coming up right after this. But I do have to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk through things. Really, being able to talk to someone and unburden some of your problems is something that you deserve. Honestly, truly, get it off of your chest. If something's bothering you, you have someone to talk to with better help, and it's super accessible, super convenient. That's one of the things I always love about it. It saves you a ton of money. On gas as well, I would say, because it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You don't have to leave things and all of your problems to the next Thursday session that you have, right? Super flexible. You need to get something off your chest even you know, In an immediate situation, they always have people that are ready to go to help you. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge so you can find the right fit for you. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. David, we had a theme in the seventh round here for today's show, in the sixth and seventh round, trying to get you know these last four picks here and here to fill out the ideal seven-round mock draft here for the Chargers. But this is just the beginning of the draft coverage this week because tomorrow we're talking about Tom Tolesco's latest draft press conference, smoke and mirrors from Tom Tolesco, as we come to expect from as him always. this time of the year. We'll see what we can glean from that and also just talk about the positions the Chargers absolutely must, without any exception, fill in the draft without having to try to go sign a cheap free agent and try to you know stick a band-aid on a knife wound that kind of a thing so we're going to be getting in that on wednesday and then making our final predictions on thursday and a live draft show after the draft to react to what the chargers first pick is on thursday night to make sure you guys are here for that but now we are getting into who we want in the later rounds and when you get a guy like jamari sawyer who's you know an average left tackle as a rookie Put some expectations on you, Tom Telesco. I want to see some more hits in the sixth round getting contributors like that. That's rare, obviously. But, David, that's where both of us went with our first pick. Pick 200 in the sixth round. We were very focused on finding offensive line depth.
1: That's exactly right. I love what the Chargers have for their starting offensive line. I feel very, very confident and very comfortable with what they have. I am not confident or comfortable with the depth. Uh, that they have right now. So we, the Chargers need to add to that position. That's where I was looking for in this pick. So, with this pick here in the sixth round, I went with Andrew Voorhees, a guard out of USC. Big dude, six foot six, 310 pounds. <laughs> extremely, extremely strong. I mean, even after tearing his ACL, unfortunately, at the combine, Crazy. he still put up 38 reps. On the bench press, which is the most out of anyone <laughs> else in the entire combine. so And just to up, even
0: do the bench press reps after you've torn your ACO and I have nobody in the world would blame you if you packed it in, right? And just yes, like, exactly. yeah, I'm good with the testing. You're going to have to take my word for it.
1: Nope, that was not this guy. He still showed up and still killed that event. He knew that he could, and he did it, which was awesome. Um, He steps into his run fits. I think he has really good quality angles on that. He's able to pass off uh, some twists. He's a very intelligent player. Also uh, played a lot of football. I mean, five years in college football. He's a little bit older. He's 24 years old, so obviously that's something you need to keep in mind but this isn't the guy that you're expecting to come in and and make an immediate impact this is really a play for somebody to help you in the future also bring some versatility played guard and tackle at USC so I like that versatility especially for somebody in the later rounds kind of help a couple of different spots on the Chargers offensive line
0: yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing left tackle for the Chargers anytime soon. But what I did nah. like is that he played both right and left guard, right? Because what yes. he would be in this scenario is you're looking for a swing guard. A guy exactly. can come in and fill in on either side. And you're taking a, a high-risk, kind of high-reward flyer on this dude in the sixth round. He's getting yeah. a discount because of the torn ACL and because of the other injuries, right? Also had a foot injury, yeah. had a meniscus injury as well in yeah. college. So that's a lot of red flags in the injury department. But this isn't a, you know, super... High cost pick. If this dude can bounce back from those things and obviously showed the toughness to get back from all those things and finish his career at USC, maybe you got something there. Maybe he can develop into something and you can get a short term kind of band aid for the problem early on while you're waiting for him to come back. I ended up going with Juice Scruggs, elite name, Penn State center last year. I mean, (laughs) that's something that, you know, is always going to get my attention right off the bat. Just like, I mean, there's a defensive tackle I didn't use because he wore number 16, I believe. And might have had a great reason for it. You know, maybe it was like his grandfather's number playing, you know, with no face masks. Or something unacceptable. Like that. I couldn't do it. Couldn't watch it. Couldn't do it off, the, off we'll of my board. Off the list. We all have our big red flags that'll, you know, not, you know, just the automatic or off the board. If the name the Chargers, doesn't sound
1: right or the number doesn't short. look right, just got of cross them off the list. For the
0: Chargers, it's, you know, more criminally inclined. For me, it's more, you know, just certain aesthetic things. Where I just, I, I can't do it with you, you know. Or just, you know, like wide receivers that can't block bother me. There's just always things like that, you know, that I probably put too much Dan's pet peeves. Into. Totally. But Juice Scruggs, easy guy to root for. The biggest red flag is that he had a, a gnarly back injury due to a, a car accident Ugh. that cost him basically a season and a half of college football. That's but found his way back found his way back to football, found his way back healthy, and now, I mean, has turned himself into a legitimate draft prospect later on in the draft. I thought the nice thing with him is he showed a really good anchor, which I love, played both guard and center in college, so maybe he can give you some versatility there, especially with Corey Lindsley's recent injury history, right? And sure. also, I think, could work in with Will Clapp, who kind of brings those same things to the table, right? And who's
1: only on a one-year deal, too.
0: Exactly. I mean, he's not necessarily going to be the for sure future for you at center, but I'm not going to bet against this dude who came back from a lot. And I think honestly, you know, with what I saw from him, what he lacks, struggle with quicker defenders, room to grow as a run defender. But those are all things that can be worked on and things that can be ironed out. Where'd you go for your seventh round pick, David, the final mock draft round?
1: Yes. For the last pick here, the seventh round pick in my mock draft here, I was looking for someone who can help me directly in the special teams department and that was specifically at punt and kick returner so that led me to Darius Davis the wide receiver out of TCU this is where you appropriately draft a smaller guy five foot eight 165 pounds 29 inch arms but a sudden athlete exceptional burst and quickness excelled on with the wide receiver screens and the quick passes those gadget plays that's where he made his bread and butter as an offensive player he uh, also and the chargers
0: have a role that's kind of open for that right like that's exactly. an important part of it
1: too exactly there's no pint and kick returner right now that the chargers have on the roster so he can step in right away and he has a lot of experience doing it as a, a kick punt returner uh, on punt returns specifically, he averaged 15 yards per punt return and had five punt return touchdowns <laughs> in college football. My goodness. Also, 22 yards per kick return, and all, averaged 29.6 yards per kick return and one touchdown uh, in one of his years in college football. So a fantastic puntner, punt returner and kick returner with touchdown Production, and I think that's what the Chargers need to try to target if they're going to double dip at wide receiver in this draft.
0: Well, that's—I mean, he also just brings straight up speed, right? Like he does—he's not the full package that's going to threaten you in every part of the field. But yeah, he did take a screen to the house in college, right? Like you saw his ability as an offensive player. I wouldn't rely on that that's not no. why you're necessarily picking him right but he does have four three eight speed you know mm-hmm. has been used as an offensive gadget player and that's what the chargers just lost in deandre carter you know exactly. so i think when you're adding those two and things he's quite a bit and,
1: faster and quicker than deandre carter that's the question
0: he is 100 percent six career return touchdowns you love that 4.28 ras score because of bad agility and didn't really do well in explosiveness grade. But, surprising i mean he has the the reading ability as far as a punt returner that's going to translate It should at the NFL yeah, level so definitely I don't mind getting you know Ryan Ficken signs off on it you can sign me off on it too I've I exactly. full trust in him if Ryan Ficken takes this man I'm gonna believe he's gonna be one of the best in the league but I ended up going with a defensive tackle. I was really trying to beef up the trenches, especially with the Chargers. Uncertainty at yeah, defensive tackle. They lost Braden Fehoko, Austin Johnson, and Otito Abonia, both recovering from major injuries. And I just tried to find someone that really fit what Brandon Staley likes. And the reason Brandon Staley is gonna like this dude is because he has 35-inch arms. So that Jeez. was the big thing later Huge. on in the draft. Really just a gigantic dude, six foot four, three hundred and thirty pounds. Shout out to Daniel Popper. I know he had him as his seven-three on pick too. And when I watched him, I mean I was really surprised at how well he moved around for a dude who's six foot four, three hundred and thirty yeah. pounds, right? <laughs> yeah. Moved really, really well, had a violent play style, you know, kept his arms and hands moving and fighting and really, I mean, drew a few flags when I was watching as well from offensive linemen trying to latch onto him. Only four sacks the last two seasons. The technique needs work. Only two years at the FBS level after playing at the FCS North Alabama his first few seasons. And probably maxes out as a rotational defensive lineman. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's going to give you 60 snaps in a game, nor should he. But if you need someone rotationally that can come in, be a big body and do these things specifically. Lockout defenders and control gaps. That's what Brandon Staley likes. That's what this dude potentially could bring to the table, I think especially with the Chargers' current injuries. This dude as a seventh-round pick, would have a really, really good chance of making the roster, and the Chargers have had a fair amount of seventh-round picks that have done that, but potentially turning into something else and I think has the physical body to at least contribute in some ways in year one. He can be, you know, a, a big body in the middle of the field at the very, very least, and also comes with a good kind of frenetic energy about him and a good motor as well. So, like what I saw from Broderick Martin, You're picking your poison in the seventh round. You know, last year, the Chargers went with Dean Leonard, right? And they also got Xander Horvath, the fullback extraordinaire. And we saw both of those guys on the field in some capacity. Same with both of their sixth round picks as well. Hopefully, the Chargers can get that done this year, too, and find contributors late in the draft. Because that's, spoiler alert, what good teams do. Chargers want to be a good team. They got to start hitting on some of these picks. But I think... you know, when we set out to do this, we knew we weren't going to get everything, right? I didn't end up getting a safety. It's impossible. At a certain point, I just couldn't wrap my mind around endorsing any of the safeties for what the Chargers needed later on in the draft. Just didn't see a guy like, couldn't find film on a guy like, right? You didn't end up with a running back or a corner. So, like, yep. there's things the Chargers are going to have to fill, and there's no way the Chargers can fill in all their needs. But on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about the needs that have to get filled in the draft because there's certain positions I just don't think that the Chargers can wait either because it's a deep draft and the Chargers should strike on it now or because there's just no free agent options that could potentially you know help the Chargers where they need it at certain positions so make sure you guys are back here for that and us trying to sort through the smoke and mirrors of Tom Telesco's pre-draft press conference and then we'll make our final predictions on Thursday before the draft as well as our live show Thursday night reacting to the pick at 21 if they do pick at 21 maybe they trade down we'll see but until then, guys, to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Droegemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD as well as the show's page at LockedOnLAC. Thank you guys for your continued support. If you haven't already, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at Chargers and like our On Chargers Facebook page. We've enjoyed doing this draft process mostly enjoy doing this draft process because it is a grind every year, but we really appreciate the everydayers who are here for this and respect our opinions on draft stuff and just what the chargers need, because Hey, we might not be draft experts, but pretty clearly, we always know what the Chargers need and what the Chargers are missing. That's always what we're kind of trying to fill. So thank you guys for that. Make sure you're back here for the rest of the week for the, you know, really, really most in-depth coverage we're doing on the draft all season. So we'll be back with you guys tomorrow until then take it easy. And go Bolts.